All right, it is March, and we are in episode three of the Untitled Asian American Music Podcast, and we are not dead yet. We did it. Like yeah. we say every time. That's gonna be our slogan. I mean, it's important. It's important to acknowledge the fact that we're still we in existence. Alive. I think that, like, I, I think that after three times, now that we're kind of like we've done it a little bit. I think now that we're, we're just in the rhythm now. I think that we're just expecting it. So I think we're just going. I feel pretty good. I think the first two times are the hardest. And now that we're at number three, I think from here on out, clear sailing. I, I yeah. totally agree. It's like the whole, it's like yeah. the first two Harry Potters were like a little <laughs> bit of a struggle, but by Prisoner of Azkaban, it was like, oh. no. I haven't seen the movie. I, yeah. I have to watch it. Well, <laughs> that didn't. Anyway. Oh, no. So it is, it but is I March. Believe, I believe you. I believe. <laughs> it is March, and um, you are listening to the number one untitled Asian American music podcast Woo! in the nation. Still the number one. Still, still we believe. Number one. We believe. Um, and we're we're really we're really glad that we're still going. We've been getting a lot of really good feedback, um, and a lot of good growing feedback. And so we're always still open to that. But I think we're at a point, as Dan said, where we're hitting a bit of a stride, and we're figuring out figuring out how this all works. Um, so we are posted at the beautiful Transparent Agency Agency slash ISA slash Jubilee Project office. So it is it is a really cool is really cool to be working in a space that is like an Asian American music center. Very posh. Not to say that the the Trisha Ritchie living room situation was not an Asian American music center because indeed it, I, it, it is it, not. It is. <laughs> so is. But uh, just getting down to it, we are are we have a lot to lot to talk about today. So I think that we can just get it started with what's been happening. Okay. Well, um, Run River North released their new album recently, and I know that a lot of people were super excited about that, waiting on that, and that they kind of foreshadowed this new sound. They released um, the first single late last year, and it was like, surprise, everyone. So, um, Sean, I think you mentioned that you saw them live. I, I wanted did. to kind of get your take on it. I did, and before I get into that, I just realized I'm Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Richie. I'm Trisha. I'm Mesme. <laughs> I'm Dan. They should they should know our voices after yeah. three times. I you know, I don't, it's never confusing. There's right? like a lot of us, yeah. and we are Run us. River North. No, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of us here. So yeah, so just memorize. Sorry to those listening along. Just we'll try to say names. You'll, you'll figure it out, and we're getting our voices down. So hopefully, we're distinctive. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I, I so Run River North. Yeah, we I, I had the pleasure of seeing them um, perform a show at Amoeba in LA here in Los Angeles. And so it was to promote their um, their new album, which just dropped on Friday. Um, and so it's been kind of, it, it's been very fresh. Uh, and they rocked out, like, I, I think they're probably one of, one of the most energetic bands that I've seen perform um, in the Asian American music world. Like, you know, they just bring in energy. Alex is just super, he just exudes energy. Um, but it, this was, I felt especially like, like they were going for it. They were going in and it was interesting because Alex at one point was talking about how during the process they, they were, they almost broke up, I oh, guess. Wow. Um, and he was sort of saying that, you know, they've sort of had tension as I think any band does. Um, but it sort of felt, you could really kind of feel that there was this, this like do it or die mm -hmm. energy wow. on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a really... Yeah, it was it was good. Do you guys feel that they are the band? Like, if you were to name like Asian Americans representing in rock, would they be that band? 
Because to me, I actually feel that way. I feel like they're, they're, they're signed to the major label, or at least they have the distribution of it. You know, they're, they're doing in-stores, they, you know, concerts that they're just massive, the following is huge. Personally, I do, but I'm curious if that's just like the way I feel about them because they're incredible, or is that something that everyone actually agrees to? I think, <laughs> I think it goes to how you define success. Yeah. Which is not to at all discount what you're saying, because I think that on the level of success in the way that it's typically de- defined, I totally agree. I think that they're kind of the band that has, as a full Asian-American unit, really pushed forward. I mean, I think there are a lot of bands that have Asian-Americans in it that have um, very visible Asian-Americans that have, have very much, quote-unquote, made it. But, I mean, I think, like, I, uh, last night was the Oscars, um, and there's been all this discussion about representation. Tation. So there was a hashtag. The <laughs> there was a hashtag representation. But, um, <laughs> and so people have been talking about how, like, there there's there's no Asian-American representation in the Oscars, and what does that mean? And only 1% of the nominations are ever Asian-Americans. And um, I'm looking at like all these people who are posting about it, and I'm also like, well, there are so many of you who are, feel so strongly about it, but then when I go to like the Asian-American Film Festival in name whatever city, and the tickets aren't selling out, mm-hmm. like organizations like Visual Communications or um, CAM, yeah. you know, or um, the San Diego Asian film festival or what's happening in Seattle, like, you know, across Cinevision, like across um, the nation, like they're not, they're not like swimming in money because people are donating and supporting. So um, I think like what I, what I'm interested in is like, how do we take that energy and that acknowledgement that, that, that an artist can, can make it quote unquote, um, and then say, all right, so how do we then look at success in other ways as well? Um, And look at how we're defining success and look at how we're defining made it. Because, um, like, I think that, that that's really, that, that then opens up a lot more possibility and then I think fills, fills more hearts and, and souls <laughs> if, we're, if we're able to accept the fact that, like, that mainstream success is not always going to be the definition. And, and that is, uh, I, I would love that discussion. I think you're right. I mean, I think that needs to happen. And I'm not arguing with you. No, 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 no. Exactly I mean, I threw that yeah. question out there, but because I think we do, as Asian Americans, need to challenge that because the avenue to get to the traditional type of success that maybe Run River North gets. Yeah. Wait, is, by that, when you said challenge that, you mean traditional success? Y- well, challenge the um, idea of success for musicians, mm-hmm. especially in the Asian American community. Because I think sometimes, you know, we look at that direction as the only direction when really there's a lot of possibilities. It just might require us to challenge ourselves and the people who actually receive the music to to be part, to participate differently, mm-hmm. you know. Um, are you saying like you're kind of, you feel like people are waiting for so-and-so to be successful and then they'll jump on the bandwagon, but really like instead of seeing and thinking of something as success and then getting onto it, like people should be thinking outside of that and supporting now or getting more involved on a more ground level? Or I, I think it has to be a combination of a whole bunch of things. I just don't think that relying on yourself to get signed to a major label and expecting that that's the way we're going to break in and like flourish as a community 
or at least representation, that mm. can't be the only way. Right. You know, we've had a lot of other types of success through YouTube, through SoundCloud, you know, just throwing shows. Um, all of that needs to be explored more, and the community has to be willing to participate in that more as well. They can't just wait for them to be on the radio. That's basically it, because we might be waiting a whole lifetime. So we have to find ways for us not only as artists to put our music out there, but also the people who receive the music to be willing to go out there besides the like the traditional mainstream like means. Because yeah. we might be waiting yeah. a long time. And even if you do, even if we do only like think towards mainstream success, then how are we supporting artists right. and like cultivating a culture of um, artist uh, support either through like um, participation or monetary support, you know, how are we cultivating a culture of Asian American artists um, in the way that, you know, I think that Transparent and like, you know, that like uh, ISA really does do a good job of sort of looking at Asian American art and supporting folks um, in an alternate way. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I generally agree with every. No, no, not generally. I, I do agree with with everybody <laughs> saying, uh, but I, I will say that like coming from when I look at like what River North is doing right now, and uh, from like my age demographic and thinking about like what it meant to like be successful and that like I've been following their tweets and everything and they've got like K-Rock promoting them right now. Yeah. They're going to be on a big festival <laughs> in Kansas. They're doing a huge tour that um, is going to get them a lot of exposure through that way. I think they've done a really, really good job, I think, at balancing both. And I think they understand. They're probably more on the more traditional side than they are on, like, the the uh, the, the internet-y side of, of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that they understand both. And I think that, like, both communities are supporting them versus, like, there's other artists out there that are strictly one thing or another thing. And so I, I, in that way, I would say that, yes, they, they definitely are the group from our community. Like, that's the bit. Like, I can't think of any other, like... Rock bands, even with major majority like Asian members, but I will yeah. say that like obviously there are some like groups that we know that are like pursuing ro- ro- more of the rock alternative sound. But yeah, I would generally say the Rem Number North is like killing it for our scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they've done yeah. a really good job, and uh, and Alex like especially came up, like all of them came up from like our community. He's, oh, yeah. he's done he's done collaboration a number of years, <laughs> like, just as him like as an artist. Right. They've had different yeah. band names, Daniel Che. Uh, all of them like have been involved in the scene, so they it's exciting to see them do what they're doing and still do uh, community shows. Yeah, and Alex, I mean, Alex totally comes up through like Asian American music and organizing space, and like he's totally he shows up, he still shows up to stuff, even yeah. though he's busy in the studio. So cool. Can we uh, jump back a month really quick, just because? Okay, this is a conversation <laughs> that has been done, and what? like done again and is like time is like finally done but can we talk about formation like the beyonce, beyonce song oh, yeah. oh. so I was like, not, wait, formation? not not formation okay. <laughs> because <laughs> i'll get into that in a minute but like formation because i think that that was a really interesting moment in that it showed i mean okay so it's beyonce so we have to keep that in in, in mind but that set off a train of thought in my head because it's a piece of music it's a, a popular song that was written for for popular consumption in that it was done by Beyonce but it was really written for a southern black community like all the re- like people didn't get it like people just straight up had were like I have no idea what she's talking about hot sauce what you know <laughs> like they're just what is what is what are these things um 
But if you were, but the commentary I was reading, listening to from like Southern black folks, especially folks from like New Orleans, yeah. um, Texas, Alabama, they were sort of saying like they they were getting all these call outs like for the whole time, and they're like, I told this song is written for me. I totally hear it. I get it. These are things I never hear. Um, and so I thought what was interesting about that is I immediately saw like a bunch of Asian Americans who, well, I mean, a bunch of Asian Americans who just, again, like didn't get it and were kind of like, what? <laughs> but at the same time, there's also like a bunch of Asian Americans who were like, what, what is like the Asian, like how, what would the Asian American song sound like? And I, I first off, I'm not advocating for a literal Asian American version of Flamation. <laughs> <laughs> If you are an Asian American <laughs> YouTuber writing that, please stop immediately. <laughs> we do not need to hear about the soy sauce in your bag. But um, like, I, I think what's interesting about that is it, it's sort of a reminder that like, well, even though we are a podcast that is about Asian American music, to think about essentializing all of the Asian American experience in one song and doing a call out mm. is kind of impossible. Yeah. I was actually... That issue I think that you're bringing up right now, if I'm on the right track, is actually something I was thinking when you guys were talking about um, kind of like the community and success and what does success mean for an artist as well as like a community or an audience and just how in a way we don't see maybe the support or active support and kind of like solidarity community-wise um, among the Asian American community. And I think, I was thinking like it's so difficult because there's so many different types of Asian, right, and Asian American, mm -hmm. and the heritage is really different, the history, um, the region, the culture, and of course we have things in common and we relate to each other. Um, there's like uh, a comfortability from that, but at the same time, there are things that are so distinct um, about each culture, whereas like maybe for other ethnicities, there might be some more overarching things that can really tie, and you could say, oh, this is like something that we all have in common is essential, and there are some things we have, but there's still, I don't know, such a vast uh, array of differences, and I think that makes it difficult sometimes for everyone to really like band together and be like, we are Asian American, and, and I think that has been like, in a way, you know, what's made it harder for um, us to see that kind of support behind each other. In some of the research or, you know, um, books that have been written about Asian American music, um, something that really stood out to me was touching upon identity. Because really, you, at the base of it, when we talk about Asian American, I think we're, we're, we're challenging ourselves to deal with identity. And within this research, they were saying that identity for Asian America is still in beta, and it's constantly evolving. And it's hard to put a song, one song that re represents Asian America because we, as Asian Americans, don't understand what Asian America is. We have to decide if we want it. We have to decide if that umbrella that was created, because it was, um, for us initially, and then we took, you know, we took that for ourselves, and then it's kind of like dissipating, and it's in this limbo stage. We have to decide if that is something that we want. And if we decide that, when we decide that, then as we work with each other, then we can, I think, come up with a sound because mm. we are so divided. There's so many sub-ethnic groups that are doing their own thing. It's impossible to come up with a sound because we are doing our own thing. So I think that it is possible, because I get asked this question all the time, is there an Asian American sound? 
there was a movement in the 70s, uh, actually in the 60s, you know, through folk, through progressive rock. Uh, there was a movement during the, you know, 70s with jazz to try to create a sound, but that was that was mostly through like um, using traditional instrumentation. Mm -hmm. um, but then now, I do think it's possible, but it's going to take a big effort among artists to come together, to, you know, and the community to decide, do we even want to be Asian American? What is Asian American? It's such a huge question. Yeah, I mean, even around this mm -hmm. table, like, we all have <laughs> completely different immigration stories. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. we're going from, like, the first generation in America to, like, fourth generation in America to, like, how you got here and why you got here. And But we're all sitting around this table, and I think that's actually... It's really... It's simultaneously really hard because I think the common ground that we... We, we understand our common ground because we interact with Asian America individually. Um, and we, we were able to find those bridges, but I think that's also what, in addition to making it hard, I think that's also what makes it really exciting and why I, I like being around this table. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I also think that like generally, even, even though I think this is gonna be an issue that we're gonna have like as a community for a really long time, I, again, I think the biggest thing is that we're fragmented and that we're never, like that's always the excuse that it comes down to, we're fragmented. It's hard for us to define exactly where we're at. But I think that that's like, that's our thing that like that, like that is it. And that uh, it's gonna be kind of, it's our burden, but it's also kind of like our, uh, that we, we take advantages of that uh, when mm -hmm. we want to too. We kind of like, we, we, it's good for us when we want it to be good, but it's also not good for us when we don't want it to be good. And so it's, it's something that we just kind of, I think it's there and that um, for me, I feel like it's never maybe gonna go away. I will say though that like at, over the last couple of years, I think being Asian American has been a lot more, like I think there's traits of being Asian American that are a lot more definable that like generally, like probably like third generation, second generation, fourth generation, people can probably generally all kind of accept that this is kind of our, our experience. I think there's like things that are a lot more like tangible that I can like reach out and go, oh, that's kind of what it means to be like this as an Asian American. Um, and so it, and through that, I think it's, it's kind of exciting. But even as we find those the things that like kind of bring us together, well, it's it's still like one of those things where like we can use it as an advantage. But uh, just in the same way as like as soon as we make it like really really tangible, then I've got a lot of people that kind of like are like, no, that's not me. Like I want to like why why am I these things? And so I feel like it's kind of like it goes back and forth between like we can use it, but we don't have to use it. Uh, but I, I think that like. Give it a couple more years. Like the more generations we have in the United States, the easier it's going to be for us to be able to define what it is that makes us Asian American. Cool. Deep stuff. <laughs> Deep stuff. I know. Well, this is, this is a perfect platform. I mean, it's great that we all come together and we talk about these things. It's so important. I mean, we do want to recognize and, and remember and respect the past, you right. know, and recognize those things so we can appreciate that and reasons why we are who we are today and really come together in a unique and, you know, special Asian American experience. You know, we do all have individual stories. Yes, but there, it, like like we all mentioned here, a lot of common ground too, and it's just great that we can come together in these types of settings and talk about it more and share, and you know, yeah. in our new ways that we can. We're doing it it's right great. here. Yes, <laughs> so I love it. I love it. We're a relatively diverse circle of people right now. I just realized. All of us. All yeah. of us. I mean, yeah, we we do need to get more South Asian folks. I around know. the table. That is one thing that I think I, I, I definitely want to make sure that we're doing. But I, I, I think for, for what we're trying to accomplish for the moment, it's pretty cool that we have so many stories. 
So uh, we're, now we're going to go into uh, the song choices. And uh, the setup for this week is that we wanted to pick songs that were feel-good songs, right? <laughs> right? Not in agreement? Right. Yes. All right. So we're picking feel-good songs because it's almost springtime. And so each of us picked a song that we thought was a feel-good, like Asian-American track. And uh, in order to do that, we brought back our special guest, the White Cup. Woo. <laughs> the cup oh, of... It's not the same one. Oh, I do it. It's oh. in the bag. Wait, why are we using a different oh. one then? If you have <laughs> <laughs> the official one. No, no, that, those are both official. Oh, it's just, is it that's like... A, that's the backup. But oh, I guess. you want to keep it in like mint condition? The styrofoam cup. Oh, no, condition. Sean's going to get it. I think it. we need the real one. <laughs> I know that it doesn't matter to there you guys, but it matters to us. <laughs> and honestly, even they look the same. Even though you can't even see this. I don't even know how how you knew that wasn't the bottom. The was, oh, the bottom actually time. says you. Oh, okay. Y O U. You. You. Um, All right. So we're going to have Sean spin the cup. I'll spin the cup. And that's going to dictate who gets can we, to go. Can we like about drum roll while the cup okay. is spinning or something? Because yeah. I think when you're listening to it, not that Dan would know, but I think that when you're listening <laughs> to the <laughs> podcast, you kind of. Oh my God. I just got the jab. I can insert like a spinning thing. <laughs> uh, no, that. We want it live. Like, a, like one of those spinning newspapers in an old timey ca- cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Let's just let's just drum roll some of that. All right. Okay. Cool. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Uh, that's me. Damn. 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 Daniel. Uh, so for my choice. <laughs> Did we say the choice before we I play the song? We play the song first. That's you. So say the choice. So I chose Keena Granis in your arms, uh, mainly because I was watching it on YouTube a couple days ago, and it's the one where if you haven't seen the music video, it's the one where she did it completely out of jelly beans. And it's just like it's just a delightful song. It makes <laughs> you feel like delightful. really makes you feel really happy on the inside. So it was a feel good song, and I thought it'd be good. Um, and uh, Keena's one of my favorites, so we'll play. It. And I just saw Keena recently too, so we'll good time to play it. Hush now, let's go quiet to the park Where it first started Cold night, a sighing in the dark I felt my heart was trying to find a place for you to stay A place where I'd feel safe So yeah, I chose this song again. It's just, it's just delightful. Listen to it. it. Makes you like feel really good on the inside. It makes my heart flutter. And I think that like everybody, like no matter what you say, everybody here's got a like a like as soon as you hear the song, you got an instant crush on Kina. It just comes alive. Or like you, you, you listen to the song, you look at somebody, and then you just, like even if you don't like the person, Dan was looking you at just Sean. Fall, you, just fall, you just fall in love with the person. And so um, thank you, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully as you guys listen to this again, you uh, you get excited about it. And like, it's yeah. a nice song. Yeah, it's yeah. very nice. It's not like too it. late. If you missed Valentine's Day, just bust this out, slide it up. I remember the video took her like what, like two years? Right. Yeah. To make. My, I think it was a ridiculous amount of time. Because it was also yeah. stop motion. Yeah. Um, it was a good video. 
But yeah. it was well worth it, though. Yeah. Like, it really... This, I think this is the video that, like, got her on... Like, well, maybe... She, I can't remember what was her big moving point, but I know this, this was a big music video in her career, though. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because she had already been pretty established by then, yeah. right? Yeah. I think she was part of that first wave of... YouTube Yeah. Stars. It was, like, Maria Digby, her... Who else? Who else was there around that time? David. 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 Oh, yeah. David. KJ. The OG. KJ. Yeah. Jeremy. Oh, man. Yeah. Gabe Bondock. Gabe <laughs> Yeah. I mean, speak, speaking of them, they're actually going to be in concert in May. So it's Melissa, Polinar, Gabe Bondock, Jeremy Passion, Drea Dela Cruz, all in one show. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Where? It's at the Hotel Cafe. Cool. Yeah, I've been seeing flyers for that. On yeah. In May? Yeah, yeah. In May. You mm. know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right, let's see the next person. Let's spin that baby. Drum roll, drum roll. Y'all are not drum rolling very well today. I just I like, okay. I like this is our Richie's first sound. Time. Okay. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, ah! yourself. <laughs> why are you mad? Pointing at Sean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm mad. Okay, so I'm just gonna let's just let's just play it and then we'll we'll go from there. Um song I picked was um Prometheus Brown Ooh, yeah. and Bamboo. Yeah. Um, from their their album Prometheus Brown and Bamboo Walking to a Bar, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> um, the song is called Looking Up. With the minds that always follow Covered up the picture with my girl French kissing Went swimming with our fingers Made our homeboys sniff them It was different back then Sunday mass 10 In the morning peeping cuties in the church That's sin My confession was a half-assed repent Did a couple Hail Marys like a quarterback's Desperate attempts for the win My pops watching boxing through the fence And my uncles playing chess Benson hedges cigarettes Red-handed I was caught They laughed when I coughed later on Best believe I'm getting spanked for the loss My pops never finished his thoughts He's like, ah I'm from a place yeah. where the system's still feudal And the masses still colonized Landlords light-skinned Stabbing with their colored eyes Wonder why the goods ain't no good So we import things we can make our damn selves And we export flesh bone Sister try and make it home paid While my privilege let me look at my plate and complain, hit a stage, you get treated like I'm better than a fan When the fan is for real, I just get in where I can And my dad like to mispronounce words when he mad So forgive me if I scream, fucking shit God damn, it's the blood of a Visaya But we never said Saya, where the Spanish fall hard But the fighter never tired to the south Where the morals find it difficult to swallow A treaty in Paris marries the north They don't follow, from the bottom of a bottle To the middle of a joint Brown people, fat noses, use our lips when we point, yeah Grit our teeth and work through it all day Like Prometheus Brown spraining his knee on stage Push forward through the pain, never show it on your face, ayy Let them know we ain't afraid from the bottom, look it up
All right, so Blue Scholars, um, so Prometheus Brown, aka Geologic, um, is the MC from Blue Scholars, which is, to me, probably after Magnetic North, the first like Asian American rap album that I got stuck on, like uh, mm -hmm. Bayani, which I think came out just when I got to college. Like that that album, like I listened to it on loop. So you had it on over, CD? Or, uh, I had it. There was like this weird free music sharing. Napster? No, it was like a like <laughs> legit like legal music sharing that they had when I got to college. I think they were trying to curb like curve kids from downloading stuff illegally. Mm -hmm. So there was this like short-lived like licensed thing where you could listen to music for free. So like that it was on there. Um and I that album just really like took took a hold of me and then um I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, or originally, originally from the Pacific Northwest, among a few other places. And so, um, wasn't it New Jersey? It's it's I was Canada. <laughs> and so <laughs> we don't know Sean. Who are you? Who is this guy? You, you will learn as I go. You will gain more information. <laughs> Asia information about information. Information. Anyway, um, and so and so, scholars have just been like one of my favorite. I think probably my favorite. Um, um, musical act, period, um, since college. Did you just find them on that, like, music downloading? I, I had heard of them. I don't know how I discovered them, but I think that was the first time I'd actually sat down and listened to an album. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so they, you know, I, I've, I've seen them live multiple times. Like they're just, they're awesome. And then um, Bamboo, um, originally from Native Guns, who I got to see at USC perform as part of this, like, Asian... American music showcase that was like Bamboo, no, it was Native Guns, sorry, Native Guns, because they were still together. Native Guns, um, Jasmine. Mm. Which Jasmine? Is that the, the, the sister group? The sister like, group. Oh, the sisters. The one, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. America's Got Talent. Yeah. Who were like everywhere for a bit. And then FM performed that show as well. It was like the weirdest, <laughs> it was a really weird show. But I remember it's an interesting lineup. Yeah, but I remember I remember Native Guns performing. I I had I'd been listening to their album album as well. Champion was like the track of the summer for me, um, and so that so eventually Bamboo. So Bamboo is this rapper. Um, so whereas Geo is Seattle Beacon Hill, Bamboo is um, Echo Park. I think hmm. right. Mm -hmm. um, think shout so. out to the he's a KMBU. youth. Shout out to the Kabataan Makabayan, the Pro People Youth. Um, where he came from, so he's from a similar community, the one that I, I work in now, um, or I, I'm a, I, I hang out with now, rather. And uh, and so they came together and put out this amazing album because they're like these two highly visible, really, really powerful, talented um, Filipino-American MCs. Um, it was called Prometheus Brown and Bamboo Walk Into a Bar, and it was them just like, messing around on an album like there's this one track Rashida Jones oh, yeah. that is like the funniest <laughs> yeah. the funniest song I've ever heard like it's 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 a really great album and so then they they released this track um looking up which is just a really positive fun song that I'll like throw on my iPhone when I'm walking down the street on sunny days in Los Angeles and it's just it's it's a. It's delightful. <laughs> it's still, it's it really is. It's Puts really delightful. Delight in your day. All right, next. Spin, 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 spin. Oh, spin. oh, oh damn, 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 Daniel! <laughs> For my second song. <laughs> <laughs> this is unheard of, but right. Sean's spinning again. <laughs>
Mesme. Okay, so let's just play the song. song called 101 by the band Walla, W-A-L-L-A. And I think they released it last year, maybe maybe a little longer. But um, they got a lot of attention for this song. Like I was actually looking up on Spotify and the interwebs and they had like 16 million plays on Spotify. So they must have been gotten featured on like a playlist. And I know they entered it in a contest where they got a lot of attention and high profile. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing it for the first time and it just feels really good. It's really happy when you look at the lyrics. Because if you actually just listen to the song, like the singer has a very distinct way of singing that isn't always intelligible. But if you look <laughs> up the lyrics, it's about like, you know, like my brothers hold me up and my sisters, like words, you know, mm. like um, are sweet to my ears, that kind of vibe. And um, that, yeah, and about friendship and all that kind of thing. So uh, an interesting thing, though, is that like when I was picking the song, I kind of wanted to refresh my mind on the background of this band. And so each of the members are pretty diverse. Like they all come from different backgrounds, too, just like us. But uh, <laughs> people are going to be like, you all are not as diverse as you think you are. <laughs> anyway, yeah. They're like, you all look the same. But, um, so like, but there's like Brazil, Indonesia, Korea, um, some other countries, sorry, people. But the main singer, the lead guy, uh, who I think also plays guitar, his name's like Jonathan Hunch Kim, and he's a Korean American from Ohio. The sad thing is that it seems like he and another member are no longer in the band. They have their like own duo now. So um, the Asian guy <laughs> in the band is the Indonesian one who still plays guitar. But back when the song was released, um, he was the singer, and yeah, so I know a couple of you guys have heard it before. Actually, I want to shout you out, because yeah. of your blog, that's actually where I found out about oh. that. Oh, and I should shout out and hat tip mm-hmm. to uh, producer, musician, um, now like techie music guy, Christopher Chang Chen, Claudio Music. Mm. Um, he's actually the one, I told him about the, my blog, uh, As I Am, and I was like, yeah, if you got any Asian American music suggestions, let me know. He's like, oh yeah, I have some friends in this band, they're really good, you should check them out, and actually that's how I heard of them. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I heard this song because I remember... Oh, no, I know how... Yeah, a friend of mine played it for me. <laughs> yeah, and was like, this song is really catchy, but the band is no longer together. <gasps> but then I think it's <laughs> it's just that those two left. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. I like it. Been in time. Drum roll. Na, 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 na. <laughs> 
Oh, Richie. Richie. Oh, no, no, that's oh, Trisha. Yeah. I think that's me. Oh, man. I Trisha Fire Smoothie. That's okay. crazy. Trisha, I like it. that. Feel good song. So I chose a song. <laughs> By Tess Sanchin. What? What's so funny? Nothing. Okay. Go, go. Hey. All right. Tess Sanchin. She's, um, anyway, well, a song play, uh, called Always Tomorrow. Let's just play it. no one to trust when you come between the rock and the rage it's time to turn the page you find yourself in the midst of the struggle and soon enough you'll emerge from the rubble stronger than ever just hold it together Hey. Yes. Hey. yes. So that was uh, always tomorrow. It was off of her album called Count on My Love, I believe. So that was 2014. Uh, that was all released. And if you haven't heard the album, she's really dope. I mean, I don't know what else to say about her except she's dope. And if you didn't see her on The Voice, every performance she did on that season was dope. And yeah. she deserved to win. I mean, she was just she's so talented, killing it. Yeah, I know that she's um, she just released. She's been releasing music. I think that this year an album is gonna come out. Uh, what I love about Tessan being on The Voice, especially winning, is it just throws people off to see someone who looks Asian with the reggae vibe and Jamaican accent. Yeah. It's like, what yeah. is that? Talk about right? fusion, right? And yeah. or it should inspire you to like, not just ask that question, but it'd be like, okay, well, why, right? right. Like, is this just a one-off? But the right. Jamaica has such a heavy Chinese like mm. um, population over there. Right. And even in the history of reggae, Chinese Jamaicans have played such a big part. Like, people don't realize Bob Marley had tracks that were produced by a Chinese Jamaican. People don't realize that some of the early um, record labels, some of the most classic labels like VP, it actually stands for Vincent and Patricia Chin. That Mm -hmm. They they are Chinese Jamaicans. Mm -hmm. And so the... Tess Ann is not just this person who happens to be Chinese and this one-off thing. She is part of the history of that country and the history of that music scene of, you know, and, and a, a very influential part of that music scene. So I was really happy to see her uh, succeed in winning that competition because it just brought out more conversation about, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Asians awesome. are in other countries that you don't <laughs> normally right. think of and, exactly. and play music that you don't normally associate them with. So mm-hmm. it's dope. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's it's really cool to think about like with with um I feel like there's so many pockets of the Asian diaspora mm. that we don't consider just because of the way that we learn the histories of different countries and the history of our own country and the history of our own homelands, <laughs> um, quote unquote. And I, I, I think the islands are especially interesting because um, if you think about like the the South Asian influence on the islands and the way that like like things that I didn't even connect back to like South Asia, like chicken and curry, like that's mm. totally. <laughs> from South Asia, like curry. Um, and then uh, looking at um, the way that a- Asian diasporic culture evolves around the world is really fascinating. Like um, uh, like with, um, like Australia has a really interesting Asian Australian culture mm-hmm. that like I only know very, very little, like I know very little about, but like with the internet I've been slowly mining at um and so it's cool seeing like from all these places like artists coming out uh like in uh in brazil there's like a huge japanese population so there was like this japanese uh, there's this brazilian like like the voice Mm. equivalent with Mm. all kids and there are these like kids singing straight up japanese songs and then being interviewed like in portuguese it's a trip um but then you look at like the history of south america and lomo saltado and like all these dishes Mm. have soy sauce in them and that's like (laughs) from the immigrants who brought it from Asia. So it's, it's fascinating to see how they're so integrated um, in other countries. Yeah. And we don't even, we don't even think about that. <laughs> really? It's true. Hey, we're American. We don't have to think about anything. We don't, we don't want to think about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Mesmi. <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> well, I guess... I'm not going to think about myself. There was one. Should we we spin the cup? Let's Let's just see what happens if you spin it. All right. Oh, I'm going to throw it. I'll throw it. Spin throw. Oh. It is pointing at Sean. It is totally feeling Sean today. Anyway, Richie. I'm going with a Melissa Polinar song. It's called Happy. Choice. much to say about it i mean it's pretty self-explanatory i mean happy it's got to feel that way and melissa is i think one of the i would say i'll just say it's one of the best artists that um i can think of especially just in general i think she's just a complete package she can write she can sing she's a musician 
Um, she's a collaborator. Uh, I think she's amazing. I mean, I, I've, we've had the chance to be able to interact with her a few times. And she's just a down-to-earth person, but then also understands the importance that they, as musicians, as artists, you know, being Asian-American, she's Filipino-American, um, they under she understands, you know, the platform. She understands her uh, role. Um, she's been through a lot. I mean, she's been part of the mm -hmm. community for a long time. She's been through the whole YouTube thing. And um, so she has a, a perspective that's just something I just want to ask her about all the time because you can learn so much from her experience. And so, um, again, I, I admire her because she was given the opportunity to put a show together here in LA in May and she decided to put a show that's all Phil Filipino Americans yes. um, I just kudos to her and so yeah I, I love her I love this song cool well how's the when's the first time you heard of her because I know you got the chance to interview her and meet her and stuff but like how did you guys first just YouTube yeah I mean YouTube yeah. you know um, I don't think you know what something that really stood out about her though you know w the whole YouTube explosion and stuff a lot of people were doing covers um, she was one of the first artists that I came across that there was intentional I mean she did do covers but she was one of the first to really just go at well at least that I came across that was popular because of her original songwriting mm. mm -hmm. and um, we got to ask her about that you know like you know going the songwriting route versus the temptation to do covers you know was that intentional and you know she just said that when you put yourself in a situation where you're covering then you automatically pinned against the original and so it's something that has encouraged her to just write original music because it's something she loves anyway mm. and, and i think as an artist that that's a part of your craft i think that you should be able to at least know if that's something you're good at or something that you hire somebody to do. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to know it unless you actually go through it. So um, she's an incredible songwriter. <laughs> delightful. <laughs> she's delightful. also just the nicest person. Oh, she is. So yeah. sweet. She's so she's, nice. She's so nice, yeah. Yeah, she's like very polite to everybody that she meets. And so it makes me want to like support her a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's big. That's actually really big. Like if you're just a really good human. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the songwriting piece, like that's something that, I think a lot about because especially when, um, especially like as YouTube was getting, was was launching so many careers, um, and a lot of artists were getting feeling start like that. I was having conversations with were starting to feel trapped in mm, this like yeah. cycle of like cover after cover, and then they try to do original stuff, but then nobody follows them over there, and then how that affects their their um, drive as a creative artist. And so it's been interesting seeing like how at Collaboration LA last year, I think none of the artists performing had like a quote unquote standard YouTube channel. Like none of them had like a playlist of cover songs and then some originals. Like some of them had some originals maybe, but like most of them just didn't even have YouTube presence actually. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting seeing how I think that that culture of covers kind of actually opened up doors for other artists to jump into the scene as original, they're producing original work um, because like the, the idea of an Asian American musician in a visible space um, was a little bit less unheard of, hmm. um, which is an interesting tension, I yeah. think. Um, 
but it's, it's great to hear that she's been able to make that work. I mean, I, I definitely think it's a challenge now. I mean, YouTube is, you know, it's a space that's been <laughs> overtaken by corporations and record labels. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yep. it was a very um, unique time uh, when the explosion for Asian Americans came on. But I, I don't think it's going to be as easy for some. Actually, I see it. It's not as easy for someone new to try to go that same route, covers, things like that. Yeah. Yes, it's time to close out, I guess. Um, thank you again for this great space that uh, you've allowed us to use here. Yeah. The uh, ISA, Transparent Agency. Yeah, kind of like we're in like an Asian cool. banquet space. Right. I know. It's huge. Are these all whiteboards behind Sean? If, if you can't see it, we're basically just inside of a... <laughs> 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 if you can. Because some of them can't, actually. <laughs> if, if you can use your brain power, we're, yeah. we're just inside of a... Uh, like a little studio. There, there are like an insane amount of just like squares yeah. around it. And floor space. It, it's a, it and electrical outlets. Uh, there's carpet. Right uh, there's a ceiling. I kind of feel like there's there should a lamp. be like large red banners with golden dragons. <laughs> <laughs> or something like, I don't know. There's something around this. Upside down Chinese. I get, I get yeah. zero, like until you mentioned it, I get zero, um, like, I get very strong. Asian, Asian like, vibes. With sliding door. Like, yeah, the sliding door situation just. <laughs> I think this too back here, there's like the square, the square frosted windows. window panes with um, exactly like towel with square grids on. All of which you cannot see. Yes, but we're, we're trying <laughs> but you, our darkest to describe it. it to you. We're, we're painting a visual. <laughs> yes. We're giving away ISA company secrets. Yeah. Not to mention the endless oh. amount of plugs there's a lot <laughs> on of, the floor oh. there's no shortage of electricity no. No. this is like that's a dream for people work? who love sound yeah, oh, no. <laughs> oh yes. that works for the whole banquet thing i know so thanks thanks for the space and does anybody have anything they want to announce or <gasps> or the person to my left should totally say something about their new song <laughs> about what <laughs> Should I I've got I've got nothing to announce. No, no nobody nobody needs to know about that. Okay. I think. Um, <laughs> are, are you sure? There's a I song like about I'm Korean barbecue. Always says it, and then like dance. There's a murdering glance at me. There's a song about Korean barbecue on the internet right now. If you guys want to, if you're wherever in the mood for a song about Korean barbecue, go listen if to you're it. Hungry. Which I'm I'm always in the mood for a song about <clears throat> Korean barbecue. So um, I, I think the meme's even better though. <laughs> <laughs> meme's great. Yeah, meme's meme's amazing. Um, by the time you're listening to this. It will be mid-ish March or early-ish March. I'm not sure, but April 5th, which may or may not be <laughs> after our next podcast. I don't know what our we're figuring our cadence out, but um, <laughs> April 5th at the Tadayuchi Democracy Forum at the Japanese American National Museum, the first Tuesday night cafe of 2016 <gasps> will be popping off. Boop, boop, um, and tonight. As in literally tonight, so by now you should have submitted. Oh yeah, artist submissions. <laughs> I don't know why that's relevant to you, but but yeah. So come through. Um, the completely free show. Space is limited. Last year we had to turn people away at the door. Um, oh, it's in- indoors. This the the first show is going to be indoors this year because last year it, we like almost got rained out, oh. which has happened twice now. And, then, and it's cool inside. It makes it like a I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit more special because it's, it's in a different place. It's intimate. Cool. It's, it's the same yeah. same location, but inside that building? It's or? No, it's it's just around the corner. Okay. Just across the parking lot. So. No, Tokyo. Mm. That's that. Shout out to Marvin and Christine. Yep. Who I ne- probably is listening right now, hopefully. Yep. Marvin and Christine. 
Minji. Oh, shout out to Ada for uh, making our uh, e-newsletter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thank you. Ada, shout out to Ada. Thanks. Make sure you add a link to yourself, Ada, on here. Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you to everybody in the Asian American podcasting space who has been very supportive and not at all. Shout out like, to Taz. Shout out, shout out to Taz. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she, I don't know if she got this far in the podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I do have one announcement, sorry. Um, you so, can make it. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> in just a couple of weeks is CamFest, which is an Asian uh, American film, music, and food festival in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, we are one of the supporters and co-presenters for this year's Directions in Sound. Who's who, playing? Who, who is we? Jeez, wow. Huh? huh? <laughs> who is we? So many questions uh, at once. Tell us. <laughs> who, who are you? What Where? When? Uh, we as Interactivist. Um, and um, they will have a Korean showcase. Um, and that's a concert that's going to happen. I believe Big Phony, uh, Love Stereo, Two other acts, actually, those same acts are going to be at South by Southwest as well. Mm. Um, but we're really also excited because we're co-presenting two films. One is a documentary about the band P-Lander Z, which is a Japanese action comic punk band, my favorite freaking band uh, <laughs> from New York. But it um, it it really captures um, them as a band and members leaving and mm. uh, just the struggle of being uh, a a band trying to make it here. Um, another very, very, very powerful um, film is called No Land Song, which uh, takes place in Tehran, Iran. And man, that, that one hit home for Trisha and I. We, um, we had a chance to see the screening um, because of the fact that um, this is maybe something that we can talk about in the next podcast. But, you know, we, are, we were reminded as Americans, you wake up, if you want to make a song, if you want to put on a concert, uh, if you are female and you want to perform for a general public, you can do that here. This film captures what it's like over there uh, and this composer who had uh, her struggle in trying to throw a concert in Tehran as a composer mm. with all female soloists. Um, mm. It is really, really, mm. really powerful. And also in the same time, trying to uh, bridge between uh, musicians in Tehran and France. So um, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area or you want to make a trip out there, uh, definitely um, try to make it out of CamFest, those two films. March um, 10 through 20. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. We'll see you there. Oh, and we're, <laughs> we're DJing the opening <laughs> oh, yes. night gala. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So come party with us. Nice. Boop, boop. Tractivist. Awesome. Oh, yes. Tractivist. Tractivist. Tractivist.com. Tractivist.com. Tractivist. Fire smoothie. Man. No C. Fire smoothie. Anyway, well, thank you all. I guess that'll close out our podcast for the evening. Join us next time. Bye. 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 Number three. Bye. It's a wrap. Number three. Bye. Oh, yeah, it is number three.